John 3.16. That's what we're going to look at today. So if you grab your Bible, turn to John 3.16. You probably don't even need to open your Bible to it. But I want to encourage you to open your Bible to it. Because sometimes we read over it so fast. And you go through something so fast, you forget about the basics of it. Uh, that's one thing that I love about German, too. It makes me stop and look at it from a different point of view. And so I might, Pastor, please forgive me, I might speak in tongues in a little bit. So, but um, <laughs> I'll translate. But if you've got John 3.16, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to, if you're not, don't worry about it. John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, thank you so much for your word that you've given to us. I pray that you would help us today as we take a look at this very basic, fundamental passage of Scripture, this truth that we know, uh, we've heard it all our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help uh, help us to remember this. Uh, help us not to forget your love to us, your goodness to us, and I pray that it will cause us to act. Help us to, to be willing to do something uh, with this truth that you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I love the way that German is worded on this. Uh, I'll, I'll quote it to you in German. It says, Dann so sehr hat Gott die Welt geliebt, dass er, dann so sehr hat Gott die Welt geliebt, dass er seinen eingeborenen Sohn gab, damit jeder, der an ihn glaubt, nicht verloren geht, sondern ewiges Leben hat. Yeah, we're close there. Uh, she's, she's got a different translation. No. Uh, but I love the way it starts out, even in English, but in German it says, dann so sehr hat Gott die Welt geliebt. So much, it, it, it's that emphasis on, he loved the world with an everlasting love. How do you say how much you love something? How do you express that? Uh, when I look at it in English, it says, that for God so loved the world. When you use that word so, you can use that word a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, so what do you mean by that? So? So. So what? Who, who cared? But when we talk about this with God, for God so loved the world. Think about how much he loves us. I was even thinking about it on the way to church today. Uh, just the love of God and, and, and looking at the different ways that he has shown his love to us. Uh, one of the things that I've started trying to do uh, in my morning devotions or afternoon devotions or evening devotions, whenever I can fit it in, uh, as a missionary, um, as you travel, you realize sometimes that quiet place, you don't know where it's at. Uh, sometimes it's in the car. Sometimes it's in the, the business center at the motel. Sometimes it's in the stairwell at the motel. Sometimes you just never know where that quiet place is going to be where you can sit down and take some time with God. But uh, one of the things that I've started doing is trying to journal out and say five things that I am thankful for that God has given to me. Most of the time, my wife will be in that list. My children will be in that list. A lot of times, I'll put coffee in that list. Sometimes, I'll put an iPad or uh, whatever else. Uh, but think of the ways that God has shown his love for us. There are so many ways to see God's love for us. 
I mean, the sunshine, the rain, uh, all these different things that we see that God has shown that he loves us. Uh, He didn't have to give you that last breath that you took, but he did. Uh, He didn't have to give us light, but he did. How many of us enjoy coffee? Anybody in here? I mean, I love coffee. He didn't have to give that to us. He could have just said, you know, really, I don't have to go to the trouble here. I I can just keep this one to myself, uh, and I don't need to. How many of us in here like chocolate? I mean, when I heard no chocolate in the Easter eggs, I'm not coming. (laughs) I'm sorry, Pastor. (laughs) More for you. I love chocolate. I love chocolate and coffee together. I mean, God did not have to give us that. Uh, How many of us in here like to go hunting or fishing or just spend time outside? I love that. He didn't have to give that to us, but he did. He loves us so much, and so much of the time, all we focus in on is, well, he said we can't do this. He said we can't do that. He said I'm not supposed to do that, and I can't. Have you ever thought about the things he said not to do? I mean, thou shalt not lie. How many of us in here just like to lie? My hand's up. I, 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 that was my hobby when I was a kid. I used to love to, what can I get away with? Uh, what kind of discipline will I get when I, uh, is, a, is lying a good thing? I mean, no, it's not. And he said, don't do it. So don't do it. And, and we say, well, he's keeping the good things away from me. No, he's not. He's just trying to keep away from you those things that are going to hurt you. That is a good gift when you think about the law of God Every single one of those laws that he's given to us is a good law. It's not bad. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not sitting up there. Uh, This is interesting. We've got a neighbor in our area. Uh, He is a priest of Thor. You say, really? I'm serious. In Germany, we have a man, and he says, I am a priest of Thor. That's why I tell my son, I really don't like you watching Thor. I mean, I'm not trying to meddle here, but this is a religion. It's the religion of Baal. And, and he says, yeah, my God is the God of thunder. I'm like, your God didn't create thunder. He just kind of appropriates it for his own thing. He takes what God has given and appropriates it for his own. That's stealing. Don't you realize that? Uh, Courtney and I were trying to witness to him one day, and she said, Daddy, that man is strange. Uh, <laughs> but the Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. Uh, And you look at this man that's a a priest of Thor, and you're like, you're strange. You're crazy. That's not a good thing to to go back to. Uh, Do you realize what they did back then? What you're trying to reenact here in Germany? That's not a good thing. But God has given us life. He's given us light. He's given us all good things to enjoy. And so much of the time, we want to just complain about, well, he won't let me do what I want. Well, what you want to do is to hurt somebody else. You shouldn't do that. I mean, don't we teach two-year-olds and three-year-olds, don't hit your brother, don't hit your sister. God so loved the world that he gave. Look at all the wonderful things that he did in giving to us. But what's the one thing that he has given to us where it has really shown he loves us, and we ought to pay attention to this. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son. Now, here's the creator of the universe, and and he's taking and he's giving something to us. 
How many of us have ever given a, a birthday gift and somebody said, say we get Legos for somebody and, and we say, I've got a birthday gift for you. It's a, a package of Legos. And we give it to somebody and they're like, really? This is all? Has anybody ever had that happen to you? And, and what do you want to do to that child? Bam! <laughs> right in the face. Give it back. If you don't want it, I'll give it to some other little kid. Uh, that's one thing that in India, when I visited there, I've never had the children say to me, you know, I really don't want the gummy bears that you brought to me. This is just not... They, they take, wow, this is from Germany. Wow, this is so great. Thank you so much for giving me the candy. Oh, and they will savor every little gummy bear that, that we give them. Uh, they love it. Uh, you love to give for somebody like that. But when it's your kid... Really? That's what's for supper? How many of you ladies have fixed something like that and, and your kids look, really? That's what's for supper? Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? Where's the, where's the gun? Uh, and, and I'll take you out. You can fix it yourself. And how often do we do that to God? He gave us this wonderful gift of a Savior. Have you ever thought of what Christ went through for us? Have, have you ever stopped and just tried to wrap your brain around this? It makes no sense to me. I've got five children. I mean, I could spare one. I mean, <laughs> daily sentence. No, you, no, we can't. I'm trying to look around and see where's the cross in here. Do we have a cross? Yeah, there we go. Right in here. If you don't see it, it's right there. Have you ever thought about it? It's not just a piece of decoration. So much of the time we see people wearing... I've even had somebody tell me in Germany, he, he was wearing a cross. It says, the Bible says to take up your cross and follow. I'm wearing my cross. I'm bearing my cross. I'm like, that's not quite what it was talking about. And this isn't just a decoration. It wasn't something that people looked at and, and said, oh, that's a pretty cross you've got there back in the time of Christ. Uh, it, it would kind of be like uh, here in Oklahoma. I don't know if, how they do the death penalty here or not. And, and you might say, well, that sounds kind of cruel, but uh, do they use the electric chair anymore? I think I heard in Arkansas uh, somebody opted for the electric chair just a few months ago. Uh, can you imagine wearing a little electric chair around your neck and, and walking around? Look at my pretty electric chair. Doesn't it look nice? We don't do that, do we? Uh, that's not something we think about. Or a hangman's noose. Look at my pretty hangman's noose. This was a, an instrument of torture. Now, think about what he went through for us. The scourging that he took. It wasn't just, you know, bend over and take your paddle. You know, those of us that grew up back a few years ago, my mom, she knew how to use a paddle, uh, and she believed early and often, you know, start the day off early with the paddle and just keep it going through the day. And Daylene can attest to that. And she probably, my mom should have spanked me more probably, but uh, that's not what we're talking about with Christ. Uh, they took a cat of nine tails. Now, if you're in here and you've never heard of what happened, I don't mean to gross you out here or anything, but you need to understand what the creator of the universe went through for you. Okay, for you, um, they take this whip 
And, and it's got nine, uh, it would have three uh, strips to it and then divide it up into, they would divide it up into three more strips down the, the line, if I understand right. And it turned into nine, nine uh, kind of tails. And then they would put glass or bone or metal or whatever they could, could get into that whip. And, and then they would set you out here and bear your back raw, and then when they would come across with that whip, it would wrap around your body, it would go across your back, it would wrap around, and it would rip off the skin and rip out the muscle, and uh, there are accounts uh, written, Josephus and some uh, say that people would be disemboweled, and if you don't know what that word means, don't worry about it. Uh, Look it up on Google, Uh, it's not a pretty thing. Uh, people would die just because of the scourging. And, and Christ went through that for us. And if that was not enough, the crown of thorns, we sang about it earlier today. And, and we sing about it so trite. You know, it sounds uh, a beautiful crown of thorns. That was not a pretty crown of thorns. I'm sorry. Have you, anybody in here ever gotten stuck by one of these inch-long thorns here in Oklahoma? And that tip breaks off in your, and it starts to get in. That hurts. Think about a hundred of them being placed on your head. And and then somebody coming with a staff and just, bam, right onto your head to drive them into your scalp. Can you imagine that? That's what he took for you. And and we, we talk about this gift that was given for us as if it was something, oh, yeah, Jesus just died for me. It's nothing. Really? Really? And that's not all of it. When he went to the cross, it's hard to even think about this. But being hung on the cross, the way they would would hang him on the cross and, and put their feet together and bend the legs so that you could move up and down because you can't get a breath when your arms are up this way. I mean, and he's naked. I wouldn't let my children do that for anyone in here. I mean, the young people are are great, I'm sure. But I wouldn't give my son for yours. Not that way. I'm sorry. I'm not that loving. I mean, uh, I would not do that. And yet, our, our God, the one that created us, he saw where we were at and he said, they need this. And Jesus said, I'll go. I will suffer for them. And he sent his son. Don't ask me to do that for you. I mean, maybe I'll go through it. As long as it's not quite as much as he... Maybe I would give my... The Bible tells us that for a good man, some will even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners... We were still saying in his face, no, no, I am not doing what you told me to. Has anyone ever had a two-year-old say to them, I'll do it myself? No. And what do you want to do to them? Okay, let's bend over and we'll take care of this thing. You know, do it in quiet because, you know, somebody will report me there in Germany. It's turning around, though. People are starting to realize, you know, that's not such a bad thing. 
that discipline, it's not such a bad thing. I would rather take my child and, and inflict a little bit of pain because they say, no, I want to play with the shtectoza, what is uh, outlet, and, and uh, yeah, I would rather inflict a little bit of pain on them then than uh, let them die by playing in the, with the outlet. I mean, it makes sense, does it not? But we live in a world that doesn't make any sense at all. We need to get back to the basics. For God so loved the world that he gave. This brings me to another part of my, my message. You know that somebody really loves you. You know that somebody really cares about you when they're willing to give for you. Um, those of us that are married, um, I hope most of when, when my wife and I got married, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we were poor college students. We were trying to pay off our school debt and, and trying to stay out of debt as much as we could. And so when we bought rings, uh, we went to Hellsberg Diamonds and we found the cheapest that they had. I mean, the bottom line, we didn't have a credit card. Uh, we didn't have... We had to just skimp by and get what we could. You know, it was the best that I, But I wanted to do more. And, and when, when you love somebody, you want to give to them. When my girls come up and they say, Daddy, you know, I need my tires on my car. They're, they're not so... What do I want to do? You say, well, figure it out on your own. Is that what I say as a father? No. Let's go get the best ones you've got out there. What can I afford? What's in my pocket? We'll get those Bridgestone or Firestone. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we'll get the best that are out there. You don't say, let's go get the, the retread ones over here, the, the ones that have been worked on, uh, had a blowout, and it's been repatched or re-plugged, and, and we'll put that on your car. You don't do that for your kids. I mean, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. But you want to give the best that you've got. To show your love. And, and that's what Christ did for us. He loves you so much that he gave the best that he had. He, it wasn't coerced out of him. It wasn't given grudgingly. And this is something that I struggled with for a long time. I knew God loved me, but I thought he really didn't like me. Does that make sense to anyone? I, I knew he loved me, but... I had broken his commandments. I had gone against his will so many times. He can't possibly like me. I, I, I am a, I'm a rebel, and he can't possibly like me. And, and, but then I go back to Ephesians. and I love the book of Ephesians. I don't, I, I'm just getting into the book of Ephesians and just, wow, we are accepted in the beloved. We are... Part, we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Have you ever imagined what that means to us? And he is saying, please, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want you to know me better. And so much of the time we're saying, yeah, yeah, that gift, you got to do a little bit more. I, I've asked atheists this. I've, what does he need to do more for you? What, what could he do more for you that would help you understand that he exists and that he wants a relationship with you? There's nothing he could do. I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah, I'll be your friend, but we're done with this discussion. 
you get what you deserve here, bub. Uh, hell, if that's what you want, there you go. There's the door. Uh, you chose it. Uh, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, this is the part that really should strike home to us, that whosoever believeth in him. That whosoever, sometimes we read over it so quickly that we don't stop and put ourselves into that place. How many whosoever's do we have in this room? Every single one of us is a whosoever. You could t- that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that Walter, if Walter believes on him, he should not perish but have everlasting life. That if Daylene believes on him, Cameron, put your name, Chuck, put your name in there. Terry, put your name in there. If you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you realize most of us have somebody that irks us in life? I mean, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys are more spiritual. But we have that person that just irks us, right? And they just like to stick it to us every time they get the opportunity. And, and husbands, don't look at your wives. And wives, don't look at your... You chose them, okay? So just remember that you chose them. You're stuck with them. But you have that person that, that just, do you realize their name fits in there too? That whosoever believeth in him? Do you realize that if Hitler would have believed in Christ, his name could go there too? Whosoever, Hitler could go. Osama bin Laden. Uh, here's one that maybe some of you don't remember. Timothy McVeigh. Uh, whosoever you think of the worst of the worst and you can put their name there his blood covers that sin uh, i i get so tired of hearing and, and maybe this will offend some people here pastor if this uh, causes trouble for you you can straighten it out later <laughs> but if his blood did not cover their sin then he's not all powerful Right? Uh, That's just the way I see it. Whosoever means whosoever. If he cannot forgive them, then he's not all-powerful, and you've taken away the omnisciency of God. And that's blasphemy. You've got to be careful there. You've got to be very careful. We have gotten into a time where, oh, God can't save that person. He's not elect. Uh, That's not what it's talking about. Really? Read it in another language. You'll see it different. Maybe Spanish has got it a little bit different too, but German has it so clear. I, I don't see where they come up with this. It, it makes it very clear there. That whosoever believeth in him. What does it mean to believe? Now, this is where the rubber meets the road, and this is where it's kind of difficult for us. Because um, so much of the time we believe things, but we really don't do anything with it. I believe that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. What's that affect my life today? Really? Do I have to make any decisions on it? How many of us watch the news periodically? Most of us probably watch more than what we should, uh, honestly. Because what can we do with it? Uh, There's a hurricane down in Texas. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? 
maybe we can send some water. Maybe we can help. Uh, they might need a bottle of water occasionally. You know, We'll send some water. Okay, we've done something with that one. We believe that they need some help. Uh, you hear, well, this politician did that, or this politician. What do we do with it? Uh, okay, you hear this great catastrophe on the news, and then you don't do anything with it. What do we call that? When, when you know there's something going on, and we have to kind of be this way, because as you're driving down the road, just out here on I-35, there are some cars that you have to pay attention to and other cars that you can forget about, right? Uh, in Germany, uh, the cars that are in front of me, I don't pay too much attention to. It, it's the cars that are behind me that I'm paying attention to. Uh, because if I'm out in the one lane and, uh, you know, the fast lane, and, and I see a car coming up behind me, I know I need to get over into the slower lane because I'm going to get run over. If I don't, they'll go right over the top of me. And uh, just, uh, I know this is a side note, but let me tell you how wide a smart car is. I know from experience, it is as wide as the white line on the pavement. Uh, I, was, I was in a situation where there was a semi on one side and, and a sports car coming up behind me. And uh, I learned how to pray really quick and get on that white line with that smart car because there's nothing to those smart cars. Uh, and that car was going as fast as they could, and I couldn't get around. You start praying, and you start just think, God, if this is the time, I'm ready because you died for me. Here I'm getting ready to die for you on the Audubon. I mean, it's not going to be pretty, but here I come. Uh, and God always protects us. Uh, God always takes care of us. But there are some things that, you pay attention to, and other things that you can just ignore. Uh, but because of that, so much of the time, we ignore everything. And when the preacher gets up here and says, we need to go on outreach, you say, ah, it's my Saturday. I don't have time. I, I've got something else to do. Uh, fishing's good today. I mean, right before the rain, that's when the fish bite, right? Or I, I've got. If we really believed that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, we, we like to think about that, whosoever believeth in him. Yeah, I prayed that prayer back then when I was a little kid. I believe. Is that what it's talking about? I believe. It should change the way we act. Just down in the chapter a little bit further, John the Baptist is talking. And you see something here. I didn't recognize this until I read it in German. John chapter, 30, uh, John chapter 3, verse 36. Uh, we find another very concise statement here, very true uh, basics here. He says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, that first believe there... It's the same believe as in John 3.16. This is a, a word that just you put your heart and soul. You, it, it's like when I go out and I hang up my hammock and I stretch it from tree to tree and I'm using paracord and you're saying, Brother Clark, that's not the wisest thing, I don't think. Yeah, okay, you might be right. And, and I'm using this paracord and I trust that my paracord will hold up my weight when I lay down in it. And it's very comfortable. I like it. I've used it before. And I put my whole trust in that paracord. And it works. Okay? And you might say, 
I don't think that's wise. Well, then don't use it, okay? You don't have to trust it. I'm trusting it. This is my story. Uh, it's not yours. I put my full trust into it. I lay down on my hammock, and it works for me. But then you might have somebody come along like Cameron, and he looks at it and says, Daddy, that paracord, I don't, I don't quite trust it. And so he gets something else, like these straps that you see. They cost double the price, and I'm a cheapskate. You know, I, I try to be wise with the money that I have. And so, but he, he'll take the money because it's just given to him. Grandma and Grandpa did. And so he'll buy these fancy straps, and he'll lay down on it. But he says, Daddy, I believe that that's, that would hold me up. But I really don't want to get in the hammock with you there. I don't think it will hold you and me up at the same time. Do you see what's going on here? He, he's, he's not trusting what's been provided for him. He's not trusting the straps that have been put there for him. And, and so much of the time we come to Christ and we say, you know, I prayed that prayer, but I'm not acting upon what we have. There's, can I use this word apathy involved there? We live in an apathetic time, an apathetic society. If it doesn't help me, I don't want to do anything with it. If it doesn't just conform to me, if the building's too cold for me, then I don't want to come. If it's too warm for me, I don't. And if it's not just right for me, we want to leave it alone because we don't really believe that this works. We don't really believe that it's that important for us. I mean, how important is it if the creator of the universe is willing to come down and take and give us a gift? How important is that? And, and as, as Christians, and I assume, I've seen most of you here most of the time. Now, some of you I haven't seen. Uh, and, and so I hope you'll get this. But most of us believe that this is an important gift. But we live in such a way sometimes where we, it's important here. But in this situation, it's not so important. Um, it's important here because somebody's watching, but it's not so important here when somebody's not watching. It's kind of like the pastor friend of mine down in Texas. As we're driving along and he sees the stop sign and he just blows right on through it, it's just a suggestion. Nobody's watching. Like, really? Uh, come on, Brother Scott. This is a law. People's lives are at stake. No, they just put that up there because they're getting ready to build a road here. And they put the sign up first, and then they'll build the road later. I'm like, okay, I guess that's Texas. You know, they do some strange things down there. But I hope that didn't offend anybody. But so much of the time, we just, we ignore what we know to be true. We don't act upon it. And what would this action look like if we acted upon what we know to be true? We know that he died for the sins of the world. He died for the people of Mexico. He died for the, the, the people in the Philippines. He died for the, the, those boys in Indiana. Boy, that breaks my heart to see what's going on there. And I am so glad we've got somebody going to, to rescue the perishing here in America. He loves the of Germany. If we really believe that to be true, what will that cause us to do? What should that cause us to do? We're living in such a way 
If I had my paracord in here, boy, I, I wish I would have brought that in, Cameron. I love using illustrations. It's kind of like taking that first two inches that gets burned up a little bit to keep it from raveling down the cord and saying that that's the most important part of my existence and forgetting that the rest of the cord that stretches through the auditorium, that's like eternity. And we're living for just this little part that's getting burned up. Now, my question to you is, if you truly believe that Christ died for you, you truly believe that he died for your neighbors, you truly believe that he died for every single person on the wor- in this world, that should force us to do something. Amen. It should force us to, to go a little bit, to step out and to walk across the street and to say to our neighbors, hey, I've had this wonderful gift given to me. I'd like for you to know about it too. I mean... I'm kind of a hammock evangelist now. I have found these things are cheap. They're fun to lay in. I love them. If you like to be outdoors, you would love a hammock. Why do I say that? Because I enjoy it. I believe in hammocks. I've tried it. You need to try it too. Don't we all do that with something? I mean, talk to somebody that likes to shoot. They will try to sell you a gun. Talk to somebody that's found a good Mac. They will try to sell you a computer. Talk to somebody that has good tires that they're riding. They'll try to sell you tires. Oh, sorry. I'm getting personal now. Whatever it is, we, if we find something good, we want to sell it to somebody else. But then with the gospel, we're like, what? let's not get personal here. Who said that's stupid. I, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but that's, that's stupid. We need to get personal with people. If we truly believe that he died on the cross for us, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to walk across the street and give that gift to someone, or are we going to keep it to ourselves? Do you really believe that he died for you? Now, I like to read Charles Spurgeon. And Charles Spurgeon made a statement about this. And so this is not my, my work. I'm paraphrasing too because I don't have it written out here. But Charles Spurgeon said, if you have no desire for the lost to be saved, then you're probably not saved yourself. Okay. If you have no desire for others to be saved, then you're not saved yourself. The sign of a true Christian, the sign of a true follower follower of Christ, is that you have a burden for other peoples. If you're following Christ, what was his burden? Why did he go to the cross? Well, this just looks like fun. I think I'll do it. No, that's not why he went to the cross. He agonized over it. He said, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thy will. So many of us that say we're Christians are living, not thy will, but my will be done. God, here's the plans that I have, and if you don't match up with them, adios, I'm out of here. Uh, if the preacher preaches something that hurts me uh, that I don't like, I, I love you, but I'm gone. No, you don't love him. You're, that's silly. What is marriage? Uh, we're committed to each other. We love each other. I, I don't care what she does. She can't get rid of me. I mean, I'll follow her around. She's been trying to get rid of me since, you know, what, kindergarten or so. (laughs) 
and I just keep coming back. And one day she, she happened to say yes, and I'm sure she's thinking to herself, why did I do that? She's stuck with me now. We're committed to each other. That's what love does. God is so committed to us. He's so committed to you that he would give his very best for you. And you say you believe him. Now, I'm sorry, I, 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 I forgot to point out this other believe in John 36, or John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth not shall not see life. Let me see if I make sure I don't mess it up. Um, and he that believeth not the Son of God shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That word believe there is apatheo, which is where we get the word for apathy. If you're apathetic towards the things of God, if you're not doing something with it, you say, what do I need to be doing with it? Well, we as a church are asking you, and I as a missionary am saying, I need some help. I need some funds from you so that I can go over and share the gospel with the Germans. That's all I'm asking for is some help here. Can you help me? Come over and help us. And if you truly believe... Can you help us? I mean, we, you've all seen those signs, uh, those, the, those advertisements on television, this puppy dog, it's so sad. If you'll just send him $15 a month, we'll, we'll save the dogs on the street. Like, you know, it only takes about 35, 40 cents to buy it. Nine mil- I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't go there. I can take care of them all. I'm sorry. If you truly believe, though, you won't be apathetic. That's why they put the pictures in front of you. But so much of the time, we push it aside and we say, that doesn't matter. What I want matters a little bit more than the gospel. What I want matters a little bit more than what God wants. What I want matters a whole lot more than the cross. You might not be saying it with your words, But something my dad taught me a long time ago, he said, Walter, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. It's true. It's true. One of the neat things that we've seen in just the last few years, um, we're working with the German church. We're using the same building. The auditorium that we're using is about the size of this side of the, the well, they're both the same. Half, half of your auditorium up here, not even up to there, just about here. They use it in the morning, we use it in the afternoon. Um, and, and it's kind of crowded, and we have to coordinate. We have to work together. It's tough. But one of the things that we have watched is Germans say, wow, two churches can work together, and, and that's what God has intended. You're committed to each other. You're not fighting about this? No, we're not fighting about it. We love each other. We're having a great time with this. You know, we're praying that God gives us another building, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. And the gospel's going forward because people are seeing that we're committed to each other. We love each other, and they want that. Now, my question to you, and, and just a testimony for you, they've asked me, they've said, Brother Clark, how are you able to stay here in Germany we don't pay you enough. And I said, well, churches in the United States, they give a little bit each month, and a bunch of them get together, and they give this little bit. We have about 70 supporting churches, and they keep us on the field. They, they pay our salary here. Wow, they love us. They, they've never ever met us. 
And they love us that much that they would keep us here? I say, yeah. And people are saying, that's the kind of love that we want. It's a testimony. The Bible tells us in, in John chapter 13, verse, I think it's 34 and 35, it says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. This love that he has given to us, we need to share it with those around us. But so much of the time, if we don't truly believe, it won't cause us to act. And I'm afraid that so much here in America, we just don't act on what we know to be true. We're so distracted by all the things that go on around us that we're letting things perish that shouldn't perish. We're letting our neighbors perish. We're letting our children, our families perish. What's more important than your family? And, and we just let them go because it's not that important to us. We, we just let them go because, you know, it's easier to let them watch, I don't know, Barney. I don't know what's popular nowadays. It, it, uh, it's easier to let them watch Bob the Builder than to invest in their lives. If you truly believe that your child is so important, you'll do something about it, right? If you truly believe that the gospel is important, you'll do something about it. You'll say, God, what do you want me to give today? And maybe you're giving as much as you can. When we fill out that card, maybe, God, I can't give anymore. I You've maxed me. Do you want me to give more? And if he leads you to, I would encourage you, live by faith. It's exciting. But if you say, I can't do that, could you talk to another person a week? How many people each week? Would you commit to, I will talk to one person a week about the gospel. I'll talk to two people a week about the gospel. That could be a faith promise too. God, if you'll send them to my path, I will share the gospel with two people a week. I mean, if the statistics are true and and... Your church is probably maybe a little bit different, but maybe not. Uh, the statistics are that 10% of the church does 90% of the evangelism. And is that supposed to be the case for you? Should you be sharing the gospel with somebody else? If you're not, do you really believe? How many of us have a product that we love and we're sharing it with everybody? But this wonderful gift we're keeping to ourselves and saying, no, this is mine. I, I'm not going to give it out. I, I'm not going to share that. That's not belief. That's apathy. That's, and what did the Bible say there? He that believeth not shall not see God, but the wrath of God abides on him. I don't want the wrath of God to abide on me. I don't want the wrath of God to abide on my family. I don't want the wrath of God on our churches. Do we believe? What is it asking us to do? What we're asking here is pray, give, and go. Is that so difficult? Can we pray for one another that we'll have a stronger outreach? Pray for me there in Germany. I love to witness to people. It's one of the most encouraging things to do. It's fun to get out and talk to people. Uh, my wife might say, eh, it's not the funnest thing that you can do, but that's what I love to do. But you can pray for me that God will give me utterance. Or maybe you could give so that some can go. Or maybe God is asking you to go. Or as you are going to share the gospel, wherever you're going to share the gospel, do we truly believe that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life?